Today in Business from Wired. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Spoken Edition of Wired. Brought to you by MD Anderson Cancer Center. Ranked one of the top cancer centers in the nation by 29 years by U.S. News and World Report. Learn more about MD Anderson at Making Cancer History. Com. How a Blockchain Could Help Roll Out Berkeley's Next Fire Truck By Gregory Barber Last year, Ben Bartlett, a member of the Berkeley City Council, proposed an unusual idea to his colleagues, putting affordable housing on the blockchain. The city was facing an unprecedented housing crisis and the prospect of cuts to federal housing assistance. Why not turn to local residents to help fund a solution? The city would issue bonds, as governments often do when they need to finance big-ticket projects, and break them up into small pieces called mini-bonds. City residents could invest as little as $25. In return, they'd get a small amount of interest and perhaps a dash of civic pride, too. The idea behind such tiny bonds, Bartlett says, is to let the poor rebuild the country and profit from it. The trouble is issuing a $25 mini-bond involves a mess of paperwork and middlemen that can cost more than $25. That's where he and Berkeley Mayor Jesse Aragin believe blockchain could help. The idea is to automate the financing process, keeping track of all the mini-bonds in a secure ledger, and issuing interest payments in digital tokens. At first, the idea met with skepticism, not least because Bartlett and Aragin called their plan an ICO. That stood for an Initial Community Offering, Bartlett clarifies, not an Initial Coin Offering, the fundraising mechanism often associated with cryptocurrency scams, hype, and dodging regulation. Bartlett says Berkeley's ICO remained a mundane municipal bond at heart, even if it was to be divvied up into digital tokens. But some of his colleagues encouraged the city to slow down, and the council voted to have the city staff examine if it would be feasible. Now, 13 months later, the city plans to seek a vendor for a mini-bond pilot. The city finance director suggested starting with a fire truck, financed by selling up to $4 million in bonds. Bartlett agrees. People will see it around town and say, hey, 
I own a piece of that, he says. Mini bonds are a small but growing phenomenon in public finance, typically sold in denominations of $500 or $1,000. They've recently financed a fire truck in Lawrence, Kansas, and improvements to the Botanical Gardens in Madison, Wisconsin. In 2014, Denver completed a $12 million sale in 20 minutes. Todd Ely, a municipal finance professor at the University of Colorado, Denver, compares mini bonds to World War II-era war bonds, with a local twist. The idea is to give local residents access to an investment that's usually only open to wealthy outsiders. The notion of being able to connect residents to financing of projects they actually benefit from on a daily basis is pretty powerful, he says. But such sales are typically more patriotic than practical, Ely says. For one thing, they are a pricey way for cities to raise money. The underlying costs of issuing a bond are multiplied across many, many bonds and require investments in community outreach and setting up online systems for investors. Denver, which has issued many bonds for years, struggled to build and maintain its online user system, Ely says, and high costs have plagued many bond programs elsewhere. To sell bonds for $25, Bartlett thinks blockchain is necessary to make the math work. Last year, he enlisted a company called Neighborly, which has served as a broker for mini bond sales elsewhere, and blockchain researchers at the University of California, Berkeley, to sketch out how such a system would work. The city would sell bonds and pay interest by issuing tokens on a secure and auditable blockchain ledger. Using a blockchain system to track and execute those contracts could, in theory, could cut down on a few layers of middlemen and reduce the costs of issuing each bond. Still, the cost savings remain unproven, because no prior mini-bond sale involved blockchain, and it's not clear precisely how such a system would work. One question, if Berkeley moves forward with the plan, is who has the know-how to build the thing? Last year, Neighborly developed a working platform using a blockchain, but it called off the program, says CEO Jace Wilson. The Securities and Exchange Commission asked the company for more information about its plan to inject blockchain into the highly regulated municipal bond market. In addition, high costs hurt its ability to issue mini-bonds at a profit. After six months, the SEC said Neighborly's plans posed no issues, Wilson says. But during the delay, the company switched to a new business model involving funding for municipal broadband programs. Wilson says Neighborly no longer plans to participate in Berkeley's pilot. With Neighborly out, it could be tricky to find a company with the right experience and licenses in the municipal bond market, and also a willingness to use blockchain. Berkeley won't require the proposals to be blockchain-based, so long as they can show whatever system they use will be feasible. Indeed, perhaps it could do without the technology, like other pilot programs involving government blockchains, to register land titles, for example, or track votes, if a city or vendor directly controls the information, it's unclear what benefits blockchain provides over more proven systems. In any case, Ely says it's encouraging that some cities are willing to experiment in an industry that's seen little change in decades. It's definitely a positive that governments like Berkeley are pushing the status quo for how governments raise money, he says. Bartlett is undeterred in part because his blockchain ambitions go far beyond financing a new fire truck, he says. He wants to use mini-bonds to finance affordable housing and allow residents to invest in solar panels. Perhaps a blockchain-based system could evolve into a community token, say, a Berkeley buck, that people could spend on government services and charitable programs. 
But before all that, Bartlett needs to ensure his blockchain plan can secure a vendor and the votes from his fellow council members. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.